welcome to today's Create the Courage to be Fearless podcast. And I want to thank you for joining me. My name is Anita Matu and I am a mindset coach and a mentor. Every Tuesday, I'll be releasing a new podcast episode, which will either be a conversation with a courageous guest, a solo episode with me, or a masterclass full of insightful nuggets and wisdom. Each episode is designed to inspire you and help you discover and connect with that place of courage within you. So whether you're a first-time listener or you are one of my regular subscribers, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. can get angry and determined and turn your life around and I suppose with everything that I was having to endure uh, I suppose pulling myself back from the brink the suicidal depressed oh god what an awful pull myself back from there because of all these things that happened to me you go ah okay that's interesting it hurts it's upsetting but what do I learn from it so make sure you extract the lesson that's how you navigate these any difficult situation you've already been through something that has taught you the skills you need to get through it today's guest is Steve Kalis a young man that found himself living on the streets and wrestling with dependency issues around drink and drugs after a long struggle, managed to find his feet and get his life back on track. Now has a perfect two-year-old boy and is engaged to the love of his life. Steve hosts the popular Steve Callis Show, a podcast that highlights some of the most incredible and unique human stories imaginable. He is the owner of production company Callis Media and leader of initiatives aimed at improving his hometown. Welcome, Steve. Hey, thanks very much. I'm very, very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm really excited for our conversation. So what <laughs> is, after reading that out, one of the most courageous things you've done, if you can possibly pick oh. one? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I suppose the the most courageous thing I've done, I suppose... When I was younger, when I went through the trials and tribulations that came along with the drinking and the drugs and the homelessness, it takes mm -hmm. a certain something to either succumb to it and mm -hmm. just you can exist that way or you can get angry and determined and turn your life around. And I suppose with everything that I was having to endure, uh, I suppose, pulling myself back from the brink, the suicidal, depressed, oh, God, what an awful, pulling myself back from there was maybe the most courageous thing I ever did. And then becoming a father and becoming a good father, that takes that takes more than more than you might think, more than I certainly thought. But when, uh, when, when we found out we were going to have a baby, I, my thing was always, I always wanted to be a better father than my own. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I've managed to do that. And that was, uh, so, you know, so far. And that's taken courage, has taken a lot of determination. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. You found yourself living on the streets. How did that come about? You know, it was, a lot of it was poor decision-making 
by me because when I was growing up, I was very angry. I had a great childhood. My mother was, um, is amazing. She is so full of love, so funny. Um, my father wasn't around and I guess I just used that as an excuse to, to fight or to be a, a pain in the bum. That's what I was mostly, but I was, I was very aggressive. I had, a, I had an awful temper. Um, and I was always trying to prove something. I went to a school where it really mattered if you could fight or if that you had to define yourself by that sort of characteristic. Um, yeah. And it's pretty, I mean, it's a, it was a good school. I, I loved it in the end, but you had to be, the gender norms were in place. You had to be a man or you had to at least look like you were trying to be a man. So for me that, so those bad decisions and drinking a lot and well, I think now in hindsight was some kind of ADHD or some kind of disorder like that that never got diagnosed. Uh, my brain never functioned properly. I never was able to figure out why I was a square peg trying to cram into a round hole. I was always different. My brain always worked differently. I was always unusual. I was always strange. I always struggled to make friends when I was very young. And now I able to I was able to conform a lot. I was able to study other people and watch people and see what made them interesting and cool. I was able to become a sort of social chameleon that helped me fit in socially, but that didn't, that wasn't a balm to whatever the anger was, whatever the, the thing that was missing inside me was. And as I got older, that just become more exaggerated. I become even angrier. Um, I was always getting arrested. I was always getting into trouble. And then in the end, the council offered me because I'd been drinking a lot and I'd been getting lots of trouble. I'd been arrested. The council offered me a, new place to live in a town near where I am now. So I live in Yeovil town. It's a beautiful town. I love it here. But he said, we can offer you a new start in a place called Burnham-on-Sea. I thought, great. That'd be a good opportunity to get away from the drink and the drugs and the sort of social influences I had. So they sent me out there and then they put me in this house with drug addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. So suddenly I've got, much I've got much faster access to drinking drugs than I did before. So it escalated oh. really. And then it then it turned out there was a big argument in the end. We the, everyone in the house fell out. There was fighting. It was very dramatic. It turned out that there's a couple we were living with and the woman had been sleeping with another guy in another room and it had all been very dramatic. So they exploded into this huge argument. And I was mm -hmm. on a lot of drugs at the time and I decided just to leave. I packed my back my backpack and I mm -hmm. left. I fled from my hometown, but I didn't want to admit to anyone just how bad I'd gotten, just how severe the situation was. So luckily with my tent and my backpack, because I've been doing a lot of sort of traveling and hitchhiking, uh, I went to Nine Springs, which is the local woods around here, the big country park. And that's where I set up camp and that's where I lived for uh, on and off for about a year. So uh, camping um, in my tent. I mean, I've, I've managed to walk around but i just want i didn't want to be seen by friends and family so i i seconded yeah. myself in the woods um and it was bleak i remember having to at night come out and scrape through the bins to try and get some food and it was uh and it was dark 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 days and all those things that you can clock out i mean the thought of suicide at that point wasn't mm -hmm. a scary thing it, it seemed like a natural you know i'm, I'm cold it's, it was snowing in the january i'm exhausted Perhaps, yeah, perhaps, you know, would anyone even notice really? I've got lovely friends and family, but they don't know what I'm going through. They still think I'm going to college in Bridgewater and Burnham-on-Sea. So um, I thought about killing myself a lot. And then I got angry. I got determined and I managed to find, there was a nice couple on this government initiative that took me in for a little while. 
and they gave me, they sort of fed me and gave me somewhere to stay. I then managed to get my own little flat, which was sort of government assisted. And then uh, very slowly over the next few years with some hiccups along the way, I managed to get myself into a much, much better position. Um, but then it got, so that I was fine for seven or eight years, but four years ago, mm-hmm. things got dark again. And that was perhaps one of the lowest points of my life. Tell me a bit about that. Cause from going in a way from bad to worse, yeah. Yeah. So it looked like for a little while I'd sort of got myself together and then I was in a relation. I managed to get a job at McDonald's and I got into a relationship with a lovely woman called Michelle. Um, she was brilliant, but the wind up breaking up after a couple of years because we just, she was a little bit older and our, we had different, uh, different views on what our future was going to look like. So it was perfectly amicable. And, um, mm-hmm. so we, we split up, but somewhere I took the breakup really, really hard. And suddenly I felt very desperately alone. Like I wasn't going to be suitable for anybody. If I couldn't make it work with Michelle, I couldn't make it work with anybody. The old depression and anxiety came back and it really flooded me. And I felt mm-hmm. very defeated. I made a plan to commit suicide. I thought I'm finally going to do it. I've tried to be what? normal for, for years. Mm. Tried. I've tried to fit into the circle. I've tried to be an ordinary person. I've tried to have these ordinary interests. I've tried to be normal. It hasn't worked. Um, there's something about me. It doesn't belong here. So I made up my mind to, to commit suicide. So, uh, the time had come and I thought it was about two days before I planned to do it because I wanted to go away and do it somewhere where, they wouldn't find me or my friends and family wouldn't be too concerned about where I'd gone. So I planned a little trip and that's where I was going to just go into the woods and kill myself. And then two days before I planned to do this, my friend, Josh, he messaged me to ask if I would go to the pub with him to meet his new girlfriend. And oh, I wow. Thought, I thought, well, yeah, I've got nothing else to do. I've got you know, 48 hours to, to kill. So mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll go see him. So I did. And I met him and his, his lovely girlfriend at the time. And she had brought with her, uh, her best friend and her mm. best friend Misha. Now, um, Misha is, we got along straight away. Something about her, her presence, her, you know, without getting sort of too spiritual about it, but something about her mm. energy calmed me and made me feel home as if I'd been, it was as if the universe had gone, okay, mm-hmm. we've, pushed you, we've pushed you far enough. You've learned the lessons we wanted you to learn. <laughs> here she is. She's here. Yeah. And yeah. at first, so yeah. I, I, I kept putting off the, the date I was going to to commit suicide because I, I was just, mm-hmm. at first I didn't reply to her messages because I thought, what's the point? I'm just going to, I'm just clocking out yeah. of this life anyway. And I was okay. I was sort of calm. I wasn't angry or upset, sort of suicidal. It was a sort of acceptance that this was the next phase of my life or next phase of my existence. Right. Um, but then she, I replied to her messages. We started talking a little bit more and then we fell in love and she is the, I always say, if I could make someone in a computer, if you could design the perfect partner in a computer, mm. she was what <laughs> would, would come out. Oh, wow. She was like a, a gift. It was like the universe was forgiving me for the things I've done in my past, the violence and the drugs and the, and, and there she was Well, I stopped looking and, and she found me and then she was persistent. She wanted to meet me. She wanted to go out. She sort of liked me first. Initially she was interested in me and then I fell so deeply in love with her. And then that's, that's that. And then we, we fell in love and we ended up, then lockdown happened pretty soon after. So we ended up moving in together and then we got pregnant not long after that. And now we have a nearly two year old, beautiful boy. And, uh, with any luck next year, we'll be married. Now we're engaged to be married. So, uh, and I got a job. Oh, I love. Snaps. 
Yeah. Absolutely yeah. beautiful, beautiful. So what would you say? Was it meeting Misha, your friend's girlfriend's friend, <laughs> in a pub one random night? Would you say that was the turning point? What yeah. was that, that thought process? What actually was that turning point? Well, Did you she... realise there was more to life? Yeah, well, it suddenly it made me realise that yeah, that, that's, that's you hit nail on the head. It was a oh my god, I still think I still want for something. I still mm. have these needs. I still enjoy closeness and affection. I still want to laugh, and I still and she reminded me of why I wanted to live, and she reminded me of everything I had so loved about being alive, you know, years before, and then because she was so, she is so kind and she's so pure she's a pure being that she is a daily reminder of the very lovely lovely things that being a human is and what it, what it can do so it's very important i find if i speak to young people in relationships i always stop, i always tell them that you have to be your own person it's, you can't mm. be dependent on the other person you should be two two holes coming together right? not two halves trying to make a hole um so when i met misha she invigorated me she made me just feel more passionate about all the things I used to love podcasting and acting and singing and all of these things that I used to have a great talent for that I just sort of disposed of. So I got back into that. I got my hobbies back. Um, I rekindled old friendships. I was closer with these people that I'd previously been close with that I hadn't spoken to for a long time. I just, I woke up and something about her was the catalyst for that. That's brilliant. Absolutely mm. brilliant. And I, for one, I'm still glad you are here. So well done. in finding that turning point and there are so much there is so much help out there now it's not like before but i think people still do feel alone so please everyone listening if you do feel alone reach out get the help you need there is so many helplines out there yeah. and listen to your friends if they say let's do something actually go along it might just change your life yeah there there in my experience there are fundamental things that can help, right? Because there's times where I've been depressed where in hindsight I've gone, well, of course I was depressed. I, I wasn't seeing anybody. I was never going out in daylight. I was, wasn't eating well. I was eating too much sugar, too much salt. And my, the place I lived was rubbish and everything was, everything was bad. And I was, of course I was depressed. Everything, you know, I had, yeah. wasn't helping myself. So there's times where, where it's a, for me, it was a chemical thing. I couldn't help it. My brain was let me down. And other times it was an environmental factor where actually if I had, if I just, had got determined a little bit earlier, I could have combated it, got spend a little bit more time in nature, eat a little bit better, do something social, do the things that that evolutionarily are key to us in our development. And I find nowadays, because I still get it, I still get the I still get depressed, I still get the old yeah. the same old feelings, but I've got a, a buttress, a mattress of love and support there and a lot to live for. So I don't let it get me too down. I just go, okay, this, this, this slow thing down, I'll scrap my plans for the day and I'll go to stick to a regimen of go for a walk, go for a walk with my son. We love that. Go feed the ducks, um, have a healthy breakfast, do, you know, stuff like that, stuff that, that helps prop your mental health up and do things that help you to small goal. I mean, it's a cliche, but the small goals really help. So go and make your bed, go and wash up, hoover, get your house right, get your room right, wherever you're, wherever you're abiding. And then the rest will just steadily fall into place. You feel like you've got much better handle on the day then. That's, yeah, that's my advice to people. Definitely. And that was one of my questions. How did your mental health affect you? And you've just answered that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. 
And it is. Sometimes we just need some kind of routine, some kind of structure to our lives in a situation like that. And from one thing to the next, just keep on going. And I think that's really important. This is If you are listening to this and you are you are experiencing difficulties or you are feeling depressed, um, I think the key is to just go, yeah, uh, that's okay. There's not, it's not a big dramatic thing. You're depressed. Uh, you felt depressed before and you've gotten over it or you felt better or you've managed to take steps to, to help yourself through the day. So just do it again today. And just remember, this is a, a temporary version of yourself. The much better, much more full version of yourself is just waiting for you to get over this little hurdle. That's why I always tell myself, you know, the, the real me will be back later on tonight or tomorrow. I'm just going through this sort of, I just, my brain's shutting down a little bit and I feel a little bit depressed, but maybe it's because you know, a huge swaths of it need to rest for a minute. And so just, uh, just be patient with yourself and, and be okay with being depressed for a minute. It's not a big panicky thing. Just stay relaxed. What are we going to do about it now? What's the next step? What's the plan? How are we going to start to feel better? And I think you've just answered my next question, which was how can one understand and get, understand and navigate life changing experiences? Good question. That's a good question. It's difficult because it depends. It's totally sort of subjective how we, perceive things someone might you know good news for one person might be bad news for that you know for someone else but i think you building on your experience i mean the cliche is a cliche for a reason and one of the ones that seems to stick with me is when i when you consider that everything is a lesson everything is a lesson and this would be the this would be the key thing that i teach my son every hard thing every every moment you're sad every terrible thing someone does or says to you every terrible thing you experience you are i mean i feel like when me and misha first went on holiday together we went for a little break to bristol and there was a moment of real beautiful clarity when we were driving back where i thought every single every terrible thing i've ever experienced every every traumatic thing every bad thing that's ever happened to me if i was to go back in time and knock one of those things out of place it might result in me never meeting misha I had to, I had to go down that road because Misha was waiting at the end of it. And my son was waiting at the end of it. This job that I love, my podcast, all these things now are at the end of this very, very, very long road. And now I'm a much better fiance because of these terrible things I've experienced because of the shit relationships or the bad relationships, you know, because of the terrible relationships, I'm able to help us steer through turbulent times because of my own father, not being a very good father. I'm a great father. Because of all these things that happened to me, you go, ah, okay, that's interesting. It hurts. It's upsetting. But what do I learn from it? So make sure you extract the lesson. That's how you navigate these any difficult situation. You've already been through something that has taught you the skills you need to get through it. Absolutely. And I couldn't put it better myself. Life is an experience. And we don't realize at the time. But mm. there is every especially being spiritual, well, whether you're spiritual or not, everything that happens is just leading us to the next step, the next step, the next step. Yeah. And you will find that beauty somewhere along the line. Definitely. Yeah. And sometimes you it's like the universe. It. The universe is guiding you somewhere. If you, th you can believe that or not, or you can say that whatever happened, just by drawing breath and choosing to live day to day, you are heading somewhere. You are, there is a trajectory. <laughs> so you just have to steer that a little bit. I find that something good is, is barreling your way, an opportunity, a person, something there. It would be impossible for that not to be true. Something good is coming your way. Now, the trick is whether or not you have the wherewithal, the experience or the patience to seize that thing and then roll with it and see where it goes. There's something good. Something good is coming your way and you just have to 
Take it with both hands. And grab it and run. Run, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you've given us quite a few tips, but what resources do you recommend daily tools, tips for anyone that wants to start dealing and helping themselves with their dependency issues around drugs and alcohol? Is I there anything? Honestly, when I was... Yeah, there is. I mean, there there is there is a lot of there are a lot of services out there. But for me at the time, it was because I was never a full. I would never have said that um, I was a I was a full blooded alcoholic, or I was totally totally, or I was a, a complete drug addict. My thing was that my dependency came from my emotions and from wanting to escape all the time. So I had to change the initial what my reality was day to day. So I didn't quite I didn't feel like running from it all the time. Right. But there are people there with, who have, there are people out there who have much worse than I. They are fully drug addicted. It's a, it's a chemical addiction. They have, uh, they're, they're alcoholics and they feel like there's no way out. And I would, it wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to begin because you, maybe it's, you start with yourself. Maybe you start by fixing the things that you're trying to hide from or trying to fix whatever the initial trauma was, counseling, um, there's innumerable services online that I've found. There's great numbers, numbers you can call with a quick Google search. Like there's mental health charities that are amazing. Um, sometimes if you're working somewhere, look, often your employer will have these sort of mental health services and that are, that are free to you. So a lot of that's sort of like a secret life hack sometimes is I found a job that I've got. Um, they have this contract with a, these counselors where we get free counseling if we need to because the job pays for it. So let's see if there's anything like that. But I mean, often for me, the trick was, to fix what I was running from. So maybe that'll work for you. If not, then I totally understand. And so the trick would be to to reach out and ask. Just start asking. Google's an amazing resource and see what's on there. British charities, a lot of money's been poured into mental health charities now. It's much better than when I was when, when I was at my absolute rock bottom. There wasn't very much. We were very, very underfunded, which I still think we are underfunded, but at that time it was mm -hmm. much I remember ringing the I remember ringing a number and saying, I'm I'm considering suicide. Everything's terrible. And I was being very honest. And he said, well, we can get you in six to eight weeks. I thought, Christ, I'll be, I'm dead or I'm feeling better. You know what I mean? By then. So it's just this, those resources at that time just weren't there, but they are much more, they're much better now from what I can see. Definitely. Definitely. There is, there is so much help out there. Reach yeah. out, talk to someone, get the help you need. Definitely. Yeah. I'm excited to ask you about your podcast. You are the host of the popular Steve Kayleigh's show. Tell me more about that. Yeah, that's it's one of the best things I've ever done outside of my personal life when it comes to creativity and uh, my outlets for my creativity. This the Steve Kayleigh show, we've we've had some of the most extraordinary conversations. So basically it's just me wanting to learn. So I want to hear people's stories and I reach out and get people to tell me their stories. And it's always extraordinary stuff. So you never know what you're gonna get. So some days we will talk to someone like we we spoke to a guy called Russ who had been abducted by aliens 60 times. Oh, wow. So, yes, one episode we'll talk to someone like Russ Kellett, who's been abducted by aliens 60 times, and he says that he fought in an intergalactic war as a super soldier, right? And it's a really interesting story. Um, oh. And then the next week we can talk to someone who is um, dealing with, uh, like, say, for example, we spoke to a woman who had lost both of her daughters in a terrible flood, and it was awful. So we had to – we asked her – how she was able to keep going because a lot of what we try to explore and try and find is we try and find people who have 
they've endured more than mm. you ever thought that you could. The people yes. we've spoken to sometimes have survived things that would have killed me emotionally, spiritually, they, uh, you know, mm -hmm. often it's trauma, often it's grief. Um, we spoke to someone like Jessica Harrington, who is the author of The Girl in the Pink Shoes, which is an extraordinary book. Um, mm -hmm. She is a, she's an amazing woman who survived years and years of uh, child abuse at the hands of her stepfather. You get these, the Steve Kaler show is an extraordinary journey through sometimes the very, the most extreme human stories when it comes to trauma and loss and grief. And then the other side, the sometimes it's supernatural or it's exciting. And like the, our very last guest was a man who claims that he had been, it's been an email contact with Damu, the Sumerian God. And okay. Damu has been teaching him all about his, you know, what it means to be human in our place in the universe. And so he's got this, you know, Damu being an extraterrestrial God and there, you know, that sort of thing. So you never know where it's going to go, but I've learned a lot from it this made me a much better uh father and partner because i'm speaking to people who've endured real grief and real trauma so i'm able to practice gratitude much easier as a result of it um, and i do the show with my co-host and my close friend kevin so we try and have fun we try and to produce it with love like we try and make sure that when you're listening to it you feel like you're listening to your friends and you feel like you're you're escaping for an hour with people who care about you that's the that's the what we really hope to achieve yeah that's fantastic and oh, I'll have to listen definitely to more of your po podcast episodes. It's definitely close to my heart too. Absolutely. I want to just throw you a compliment on your own podcast for a minute because the stuff that you're doing is excellent too. Uh, I've been trawling through your YouTube um, for the past couple of days, and there's some extraordinary stories on there too. So uh, if so, if you're listening to this and you haven't been on the YouTube already, then uh, make sure you do because Anita's is doing some great, great stuff. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. Where can the listeners find you online, your podcast? Yeah, well, we're pretty much everywhere now. We've thanks to uh, thanks to our reach, we're able to get on uh, and the our podcast provider. We're on things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but pretty much everywhere that you find podcasts. Or mm -hmm. if you go to Kalis Media, C A L I S Media dot com, you'll find every podcast we've produced sort of four or five podcasts at this point at different shows different um for different audiences um and we've we do a lot of sort of community work and that's all on there in one place so yeah kalismedia.com or just go to spotify or apple podcasts and look for the steve kalis show and tell me about your facebook group you have a facebook group too oh so on facebook so the company my company is called kalis media so mm. on, that's how you find us on Facebook is by looking for Kalis Media. And what we do essentially is so we're a podcast production company. So we have, that's where we produce um, the Steve Kalis show, a show called Gutter Mouth, a show called um, Better Than Yesterday, which is a mental health uh, podcast where we mm. speak to um, actual professionals and get them to host for a season and give us, essentially give us lectures or lessons for a number mm -hmm. of episodes. So we've got loads of those Um on there so and with Kalis media what we also do is do local events so we put on our town so i live in yeovil town and we hosted yeovil town's first ever pride of yeovil awards where oh. we, got the, we got the town to nominate people in the community who they think are worthy of some special attention and awards so we had six people coming up and um, we gave six people awards for being 
it's just it's normal it's not businesses it's, it's normal people it's being great fathers to be in there for people during covid for you know outstanding members of the community we we threw them a party we had a couple bands we gave them awards as a popular award ceremony so we do that every year and we're building it out so we, we will be the town's biggest provider of local events aimed at making people of yeovil and people outside of yeovil see what great town this is and how great the people are that's absolutely fantastic Thank you for sharing your courageous journey with us today. And by doing so, you have helped so many others. Steve Kalis. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an honor. My absolute pleasure. I'm very grateful to be here. Because we are Create the Courage to be Fearless podcast. So what is your definition of courage? My definition of courage is doing the thing doing whatever the thing is, climbing whatever the the mountain is, despite how afraid of it you might be. So it's doing it anyway. You're scared, you're petrified, you're frozen, you're dreading it, or you're feeling apathy about it, but you do the thing anyway. So it's action in the face of adversity. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Create the Courage to be Fearless with Anita Matu. I'd love you to let me know what your thoughts of today's episode and what your key takeaways are. So do leave a comment below. It's all about sharing. So if you have enjoyed the content, give me a like and share it far and wide. Post it over on Instagram stories and tag the link wherever you are listening to this episode. Post it on social media, share it with your friends and don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the show reach more people and together we impact more lives. Thank you and until next time, goodbye for now.